DiscerningHearts.com presents a Lord of the Rings spiritual retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University and has dedicated many years of extensive ministry to retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching on the spiritual life. He's also the author of several books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life. Father Gallagher is also featured in several series produced by EWTN, including Living the Discerning Life, a Lord of the Rings spiritual retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We now continue our conversation with Father Gallagher reflecting on the character of Sam Wise. All right, we move ahead uh, quite a distance in the story at this point to after the Council of Elrond, and when the journey has uh, been renewed, and after the uh, attempt defeated by the uh, the snowfall to go over the mountain pass of Caradras, the fellowship, the group now is poised outside the doors of the mines of Moria and about to try the darker road uh, underneath the mountains to the other side. And this is a small thing, but it reflects something real, um, something of what I've called, using Bonhoeffer's phrase, the cost of discipleship that we can be asked to carry at times. In, in, uh, as they were leaving the inn in Brie, they, uh, their horses, had, their ponies had all been driven off by the black riders. They needed some um, kind of a, a pony to help carry the, the baggage. And they had picked up with a rather... Uh, woebegone pony whom Sam named Bill and a love has grown up between Sam and Bill and Bill is actually prospering as this journey goes along he's filled out and seems very content and now as they are about to enter the doors and go into the dark passages under the mountain Gandalf tells Sam that they're going to have to leave Bill behind Um, that Bill would never be able to make the journey through the tunnels in the dark beneath the mountains. And when Sam discovers this, um, he becomes angry and distressed. So Gandalf says we'll need to uh, share the burden that um, that the pony Bill has been carrying. But you can't leave poor old Bill behind in this forsaken place, Mr. Gandalf, cried Sam, angry and distressed. I won't have it, and that's flat. After he has come so far and all, I am sorry, Sam, said the wizard, but when the door opens, I do not think you will be able to drag your bill inside into the long dark of Moria. We can encounter times on the journey when we have to choose like this, between fidelity to our call, and this is all of our vocations, to to marriage, to parenthood, priesthood, religious life, the single condition, service in the world, Wherever God has placed us and whatever service and responsibility he has asked us to carry faithfully, there can be times when we have to choose between what we love and where we know the call is leading us. Uh, some things that we love, at least, maybe places or occupations. And in this case, specifically, it is the love between 
Frodo and, and, and Bill, the pony. Gandalf lays his hands on the pony's head, blesses him. There, Sam, he will have quite as much chance of escaping wolves and getting home as we have. Sam stood sullenly by the pony and returned no answer. Bill, seeming to understand well what was going on, nuzzled up to him, putting his nose to Sam's ear. Sam burst into tears and fumbled with the straps, unlading all the pony's packs and throwing them on the ground. And then when the doors do open, you have that uh, dramatic moment when the watcher in the water sends out the tentacles to try to snatch Frodo. And uh, as the water boils and the stench rises and this watcher in the water um, attacks, Bill is filled with fear. Bill the pony gave a wild neigh of fear and turned tail and dashed away along the lakeside into the darkness. And here's Sam's choice. Sam leapt after him, and then, hearing Frodo's cry, he ran back again, weeping and cursing. Sam, clinging to Frodo after the dangerous past, Sam, clinging to Frodo's arm, collapsed on a step in the black darkness. Poor old Bill, he said in a choking voice. Poor old Bill, wolves and snakes. But the snakes were too much for him. I had to choose, Mr. Frodo. I had to come with you. And something similar later in in the return of the king this also is at the just uh, a very short distance away from mount doom both are too weakened to carry anything extra if they're going to make the journey and so they set aside and throw into some of the gaping pits in the in the landscapes around them everything that is not utterly necessary for the journey that can happen in our journey too there are some times when not always, as I say, but there can be times when whatever is not necessary and whatever would hinder the only possibility of fidelity to the journey that we may have may need to be set aside. And this is the moment that, that Sam reaches. So Frodo casts aside the orc gear that they've been carrying, uh, the sword. Sam did likewise and put aside his orc gear, and he took out all the things in his pack, Somehow each of them had become dear to him, if only because he had borne them so far with so much toil. Hardest of all, it was to part with his cooking gear. So it's a simple thing, if you want, but he's carried it for the months of this journey. Tears welled in his eyes at the thought of casting it away. Do you remember that bit of rabbit, Mr. Frodo, he said, and our place under the warm bank in Captain Faramir's country the day I saw an oliphant? No, I am afraid not, and so on. With that, Sam carried all the gear away to one of the many gaping fissures that scored the land and threw them in. The clatter of his precious pans as they fell down into the dark was like a death knell in his heart. Another moment, something along the same lines, in a different setting, is when the fellowship, after the passage of the mountains through the tunnels of Moria has now found refuge in the land of Lothlorien. And they meet for the first time high up in the dwelling up in the trees of Lothlorien, Galadriel, Celeborn, and the elves. And after some conversation together, a point comes in the conversation when Galadriel simply holds each of the members of the fellowship for some time with her eyes, just gazes deeply into their eyes, 
without saying a word, and none of them are able to endure her glance at length other than Legolas and Aragorn. And Tolkien writes that Sam quickly blushed and hung his head. When they have descended the tree and are ready to take their rest for the night, Pippin turns to Sam and says, What did you blush for, Sam? You soon broke down. Anyone would have thought that you had a guilty conscience. I hope that it was nothing worse than a wicked plot to steal one of my blankets. I never thought no such thing, answered Sam, in no mood for jest. If you want to know, I felt as if I hadn't got nothing on, and I didn't like it. She seemed to be looking inside me and asking me what I would do if she gave me the chance of flying back home to the Shire to a nice little hole with with a bit of garden of my own. So there's the temptation. If you want, all you have to do is say the word, and you can leave aside the quest. You can walk away from the call. You can walk away from the burden and the suffering and the pain and the enduring and the uncertainty about the darkness of the future that lies ahead. It's so relevant, isn't it, Chris, to, to us today in so many ways. And there it is. All you have to do is say the word, and you can set aside all of this, let the others go on, and return back to what your heart most deeply desires, the peace of just a little hobbit hole and a bit of garden to tend. All of them, it seemed, had fared alike. Each had felt that he was offered a choice between a shadow full of fear that lay ahead. It's so real for us today. Between that and something that he greatly desired. Clear before his mind it lay. And to get it, he had only to turn aside from the road and leave the quest and the war against Sauron to others. And the greatness of Sam, and at this moment all the others, in the fellowship is that none of them give in to that temptation. All of them choose to go forward in the quest. And because they do, the quest will achieve its its goal. And in our terms, salvation will come into the world. Sauron will be defeated and good will. At the end of the dark road, good will triumph and evil will be defeated. We'll return to a Lord of the Rings spiritual retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app where you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essif, Deacon James Keating, Father Donald Haggerty, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more. They're all available on the free Discerning Hearts app. Over 3,000 spiritual formation programs and prayers, all available to you with no hidden fees or subscriptions. Did you also know that you can listen to Discerning Hearts programming wherever you download your favorite podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, even on Audible, as well as numerous other worldwide podcast streaming platforms. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has a YouTube channel? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts Catholic Podcasts, dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. 
to you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. An easy way to help discerning hearts is to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our Instagram and Facebook pages are vibrant spaces where you can engage with daily inspirational quotes from the saints, streaming DH broadcast encounters, and updates about our latest offerings. On our YouTube channel, you'll find a treasure trove of video podcasts, interviews, guided meditations and prayers, and reflections from renowned spiritual leaders. These resources are carefully curated to provide guidance, wisdom, and insights that can help you discern life's challenges with a sense of purpose and peace. By subscribing, following, and engaging with Discerning Hearts on these platforms, you're not only enriching your own spiritual journey, but also helping to spread awareness of our mission. Every like, share, and comment helps us reach more people who are seeking meaningful growth and connection. So, please take a moment to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, and then share with a friend. Join the Discerning Hearts community and embark on a transformative spiritual journey alongside fellow seekers. Your engagement not only benefits you, but also contributes to the growth and impact of Discerning Hearts. We now return to A Lord of the Rings Spiritual Retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. Uh, skipping to a different place within this story, I, I want to share one of the, well, one of the many places, but one of the places that I, I find very moving, really very, very touching and rich as you read it. And this is again after the climbing of the stairs at Kirithungal, and so up the mountains that will lead them into Mordor. Sam and Frodo are alone. This is when Gandalf or when uh, Gollum will disappear in the uh, scenario that we described a little bit earlier. And so this is while Gollum is actually gone and before Sam and Frodo sleep. And Sam says to Frodo, there's a wicked feeling about this place. He, he doesn't trust it. Uh, the, the smell that we'll find out later is from Shelob in her lair. I don't like anything here at all, said Frodo. Step or stone, breath or bone. Earth, air, and water all seem accursed, but so our path is laid. Now there's the providence that in their story and in our lives has laid a path for us. In John Henry Newman's word, we each have been given by God a task given to no other. As he says, I have my mission. Our path has been laid too, to be born in this time, in this place, in these cultural conditions with their evolving realities to be called to this vocation, again, to marriage, fatherhood, motherhood, family life, to working in the world, priesthood, religious life. A path has been laid for us too. And the key thing in our lives is to walk that path. But so our path is laid. Yes, that's so, said Sam. And we shouldn't be here at all if we'd known more about it before we started. And that can also be true of us when we've said yes with all our heart to our different vocations in the world, none of us had any clear sense of where that path would lead us. And really there's a kind of grace in that, isn't there? That when we say for better or for worse, sickness and in health until death do us part, or when we take permanent vows as religious or uh, as priests, our priestly consecration, 
There's a grace in that. Our yes is absolutely sincere. And we trust that God who does know the twists and turns will be with us along the way. But I suppose it's often that way. The brave things in the old tales and songs, Mr. Frodo, adventures as I used to call them, I used to think that they were things the wonderful folk of the story of the stories went out and looked for because they wanted them, because they were exciting and life was a bit dull, a kind of sport as you might say. But that's not the way of it with the tales that really mattered. Folk seemed to have been just landed in them usually. Their paths were laid that way as you put it. And that's our lives too. Folk seemed to have been just landed in them usually. Their paths were laid that way. That is, God's providence has led us into this journey in life, into these circumstances throughout the years of our life and even now. But I expect they had lots of chances, like us, of turning back, only they didn't. But I expect they had lots of chances, like us, and we do, of turning back, only they didn't. And that's the real adventure. It's those who quietly go on and face the task, even in times of darkness. That's the real adventure, as Sam is discovering here. And the same is true of us, too. When the mother cares for her children in the time of illness or struggle or suffering in the lives of the children or other uh, family members, or when our commitment to our priesthood, our religious life or marriage or service in the church and world leads us into a time of burden and responsibility and the future is uncertain and can seem dark. I expect they had lots of chances like us of turning back, only they didn't. And that's the real adventure to go on. And if they had, that is, turned back, we shouldn't know because they'd have been forgotten. We hear about those as just went on. And then Sam says to Frodo, I wonder what sort of tale we've fallen into. I wonder, said Frodo, but I don't know. And that's the way of a real tale. And this too speaks absolutely to our lives. We don't know what lies ahead in the tale. We do know the God who has called us to walk this journey in life and whose love we can always trust will be there, but we don't know either what lies ahead in the tale. And that's the way of a real tale. Take any one that you're fond of. You may know or guess what kind of tale it is, happy ending or sad ending, but the people in it don't know, and you don't want them to. No, sir, of course not. And now Sam refers to a tale from the first age. As I mentioned earlier, we're in, at, we're, we're in the latter part of the third age. That's when the action of the Lord of the Rings takes place. And Sam now refers to a tale uh, known to them from the first age, in some ways similar to Frodo and Sam's own situation. Baron, who was a man in the first age, uh, a mighty figure, Baron now, he never thought he was going to get that Silmaril from the Iron Crown in Thangaradrim. Now, what that tale is, is that in the first age, Baron has been set the quest of gaining at least one of the Silmarils. The Silmarils are uh, jewels of exquisite beauty made by the greatest craftsman of all the elves, Fëanor. And in them is trapped some of the, the light of the undying land of Valinor, which has since disappeared from the world. And we'd have to get deep into the mythology to go through all of this. So that this jewel, which is a thing of exquisite and unmatched beauty, 
is all the more precious because it contains the last vestige of that original light. And Baron has been set the quest of regaining the Silmaril, which is has been taken by the predecessor of Sauron, and actually the master of Sauron, who is Morgoth, who is the greatest uh, of the evil figures. Um, and he has taken by betrayal and violence these jewels, the Silmarils, and has placed them in the crown that he wears in the equivalent of Barad-dur in the first age, Thangaradrim, which is um, a pit up in the north where Morgoth has placed his his uh, his realm, the center of his realm. And Baron, accompanied by Luthien, uh, the maiden with whom, the elf maiden with whom he's fallen in love and um, whom he will eventually marry, together dare to enter into Thangaradrim they cast asleep on Morgoth and wrest one of the Silmarils from his crown. So it's it's the uh, the, the great heroic jest, uh, deed in the first age. Baron, now he never thought he was going to get that Silmaril from the iron crown in Thangaradrim, and yet he did. And that was a worse place and a blacker danger than ours. Now watch what Sam says next. And something dawns on him here, which speaks directly to our own lives. But that's a long tale, of course, and goes on past the happiness and into grief and beyond it. And the Silmaril went on and came to Aarindil. Now, Aarindil is the uh, a figure at the close of the First Age. He's one of the half-elven, a great mariner. And again, without going into all the details, um, he marries uh, Elwing, who possesses that Silmaril that Baron was able to, to, to wrest from Morgoth. And together, Aarendil and Elwing take a ship to the undying lands in the west to plead the cause of the men and elves who are so cruelly oppressed by the overwhelming power of Morgoth. Their plea is heard, and the, the, the Valar, these angelic figures to whom God has entrusted the care of the world, uh, intervene and Morgoth is defeated. But in the course of what happens, Arendil uh, joins the, the Undying Lands and he, with the, the Silmar on his brow, he is set, as it were, this great mariner to sail through the heavens as a star, a light that will be a sign of hope for the good who are oppressed by evil down through the different ages. So that's what Sam is referring to here. The Silmar went on and came to Arendil. And why, sir, I never thought of that before. You've got some of the light of it in that star glass that the lady gave you. And if you remember, Chris, when uh, they are in Lothlorien and Galadriel is giving, as they, as they depart from the land, giving a gift to each member of the fellowship, she hands Frodo a little white stone receptacle, a white file of light. And she says to him, this will be a light for you in dark places when all other lights go out. But she tells him that the light captured is taken from her mirror in which the light of the star of Arendil shines. And she has captured some of that light. And so that Frodo has actually with him something that arises from the story that goes back ages and ages. Why, to think of it, we're in the same tale still. It's going on. Don't the great tales never end? 
And that's the truth of our lives, too. We are all in the great tale, the great tale that has not ended. It began with the creation of the world, with Adam and Eve in the beginning of humanity. It went on down through Abraham and Moses and the Twelve Apostles, Francis of Assisi, St. John Paul II in our own time. If we want to use a theological word for it, we call it salvation history. But this is part of the, of the marvel of our lives, that we are in a great tale too, which we call salvation history. God's unfolding of his plan of salvation gradually as it develops and reaches out through the centuries in the history of the world. And we have been born into that in a specific time, in our case into the New Testament, after the coming and incarnation of Christ and the, the birth of the church. And our task is to carry on that great tale, just as Sam now realizes his task together with Frodo, which is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful perspective on our lives and the importance of our lives within the overall perspective of God's work of salvation in the world. You've given us so much to ponder, Father Gallagher, in, in this. How, as the, the listener, I'm sure, will want to go back and listen and reread and just kind of absorb the, the beauty that was given to us in this. What else would you advise them to do in these final thoughts? Well, I think if... Tolkien were to answer that question, he would just be delighted that readers are uncovering something of the depth of the richness of the story. I hope we've done just a little bit of that today, which makes it all the more uh, enjoyable, but also engaging as, as we begin to realize the um, just a little bit of the richness of what's going on and marvel that Tolkien was actually able to write this book. I, and I think as we reflect on Sam as the one who says yes to the journey, is willing, even when it would be possible to turn aside, to remain faithful to the call, grows through it, and eventually, through his fidelity, becomes a source of, of great fruitfulness and joy and the spreading of good in the world, I think we catch a glimpse of our own call and the importance and the blessedness and the fruitfulness and the joy of our own fidelity. How beautiful. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to A Lord of the Rings Spiritual Retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com, or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for A Lord of the Rings Spiritual Retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. <laughs>